Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Find somebody. Come on, get fist bumped. We're going to change the meaning. A fist bump will never mean the same to you after today. Find somebody else and give them a high five. Come on, we're going we're gonna to high five. Come on, put your five with their five. Now find somebody and give them, you know, you know, part of leadership just knowing how to shake somebody's hand. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about? You never want to give somebody that, you know, that handshake. You know, y- y- y'all ever got one of those before? Find somebody and give them, a, you know, a nice, firm, come on, God bless you handshake. Say amen to God right here. Now he knows what I'm talking about. Bam, there it is right there. Come on, that's going to mean something different to you at the end of the service. But uh, so good to be here. Let's pray, and then, uh, man, we're going we're gonna to jump into some things. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for today. Father, thank you for these men and women of God. Father, thank you for Legacy Church. Father, thank you for Pastors Brett and Miss Lisa. Father, thank you that our best days are ahead. Thank you, Father, that the vision is expanding. Father, thank you that we're leaving today more focused on your kingdom than we ever have in our life. Father, thank you for the word. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit that's opening up our eyes to see. And Father, we thank you for signs and wonders following the word today. And Father, we're going to give you all the praise, all the glory. And everything we do is going to be done in the mighty, wonderful, amazing name of. Come on, and everybody said, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. So good to be here. Always a joy to come up to Withville and love this part of the country and love your pastors and love the church. And just, uh, man, we're excited about what God's going to do today. And I got somebody with me this, this morning. And it's always fun traveling with her. We just celebrated 30 two years of marriage. So I want her to come up and greet you and come on, baby. And she traveled with me and uh, it's nice to have her with me. Amen. Good morning. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I just, we are not in Texas anymore. <laughs> it is so pretty up here. But, you know, I got something on my heart. I woke up this morning and Philip always, um, he always, kind of gets ready and sneaks out and goes down and, and gets ready for service, you know, in the lobby. And, and so I woke up this morning and I did what I normally do and I put a worship song on. And I, I just couldn't get this worship song off of me. I just kept, it kept going. I kept pushing replay, replay, replay. And it was the goodness of God. And so I walked in this morning and they were practicing the goodness of God. And see, God's not a God of coincidence. He's a God of divine appointments. And I want to tell you what Pastor got up and said is real. You know, all of us sitting here, you go, well, I, I know the goodness of God, and I understand the love of God, but I'm telling you, we don't understand the love of God to its fullest extent. We can't. But we can grow in that. And once you get a hold of that, the love of God will change everything about you. It will change your perspective. It will change how you see things. It will change how you receive things. It will change everything. And I want you to know that You've been set up this morning. The, the love of God is here this morning. He is reckless chasing you down because you're worth it. And once, that, once you start understanding the love of God, 
everything in you changes. I didn't mean to preach. I just had it on me. I just had, I couldn't, I could not share this because I'm telling you, it'll change you for the best. Don't be nervous. Don't be scared. God will change you and he will make you the best version of you. Amen. Are y'all ready? Thank y'all for having us. We're excited to be here. Would it be all right if a bunch of people got healed this morning? You know, what was the, what was, brother, what was your name that, that testimony? Mike? Man, I love that. And thank you for giving that testimony. How many of you want your version of that testimony? Somebody say pain-free for a moment. Would it be all right if you left out of here pain-free? You wouldn't get mad at God? You wouldn't get offended if God healed you? Come on, would you? Think about it. Your neck doesn't hurt anymore. Your back doesn't hurt anymore. Your knees, your elbows. Come on, your feet, your hands. Come on, what if, what if the power of God hit you and all that arthritis just got melted out of your body and you went home without it? Would that be all right with you? Come on, let's, let's believe. Can, can we believe, God, that everyone could be healed this morning? You say, Brother Phil, I don't know if that's possible. Well, the Bible says all things are possible if we'll just, if we'll just believe. I think a part of that is we've got to be careful not to ask God to heal us. You'll never catch me asking God to heal anybody. Why would I ask God to ask God to do something he's already done? What we got to do today, and I believe we can do it. I believe we can reach out with our faith and receive. Come on, what Jesus provided for us 2,000 years ago when he took those stripes on his back. Come on, just reach your hand out and do this right here. Just reach out. Just, just mm. That's all healing is. It's just reaching out in. You know, that's how you got saved. Come on, you didn't ask God to save you. You reached out with your faith and you received what Jesus provided for you when he died on the cross for yours. Come on, what did you do? You reached out and you received salvation. Well, this morning, you're going to reach out and receive your healing and there's nothing the devil can do about it. Come on, somebody say pain-free. Pain-free. Just remember the story. I've told it here before. I'll tell it again. I've set free from the fear of repetition. I'll be 90 years old, traveling the world, telling this story. Because every time I tell this story, people get healed. And I want you healed. I I want you to take the best nap you've ever taken this afternoon. Come on, right? There was a lady, and she was sitting right over here. Now, it wasn't this church. Every church has right over there. She was sitting right over there. And uh, she asked me, her daughter came up and said, will you come pray for my mama? And so I walked over there, and, I, and I'm praying for her mama. She, she had a bad knee. And, and so I'm praying for this lady's knee, and the Lord spoke to me and told me to watch her. And so I'm, I'm watching this lady, and I'll get through praying, and I saw what God wanted to see, and it changed our ministry. Ain't no telling how many thousands of people have gotten healed since. Just because of what I saw. It changed everything. Said, Brother Phil, what would you see? She never moved her knee. She, she was real sweet. She thanked me for praying. Brother Phil, thank you so much for praying for me. I just really enjoyed the service. I mean, she was so sweet, but she didn't move her knee. You know why she didn't move her knee? She didn't believe she was healed. Because if she had believed she was healed, what would she have done? She would have moved that knee to see what God had done, 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 done. See, religion is due. Christianity is done. She would have moved her knee to see what she had done. But see, she didn't want to be healed. She just wanted me to pray for her. I didn't come here today to pray for you. I want you healed. 
I want you pain free. I want you walking out of those doors with the biggest smile on your face that you, I want you to have Mike smile. Come on, somebody prophesy. Say, I'm getting Mike smile today. Amen. But here's the deal. What are you going to have to do to find out you're healed? If you got a bad neck, what will you have to do? If you got a bad knee, what will you have to do? If you got a bad back, what will you have to do? For every one of you, it's different. So God, tell them right now what they'll have to do to find out how healed they are. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Let's get in the Word. I want to. I want to. I want to show you something today. Do y'all like a good mystery? I love a good mystery. And there are mysteries in the earth that with all of our technology and all of our education and all of our smarts, we still hadn't figured out yet. I mean, there's things, Pastor Brett, in the, in the pyramid, the Giza pyramid, that they still hadn't figured out yet how, how they did it. I mean, they have their little theories, but they, they, they just don't know how they did it. Uh, there's a metal. It's called Damascus steel. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of Damascus steel. It, it's, it's a metal that was forged in the 15, 1600s, and it was, a, it was forged with plant matter. And the way they made it, it's light. It's got these patterns in it. The, 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 the edge is amazing. And to this day, we still can't match it. I mean, there, there's these swords that are in museums throughout the world, and we can't match the blade. We, we can come close, but we can't match it. It is a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Well, listen, there are, there are mysteries in the Word of God. I heard somebody say something one day. They said, well, you know, everything that's been preached has been preached. What? Are you kidding me? The Word of God is infinite. There are mysteries that, that, that are continued to be pulled out of the Word. And here's what's amazing about these mysteries is they confirm and they line up with all the other mysteries that have been revealed over the last 2,000 years. They don't, they don't take us in a different direction. They just confirm, come on, the direction. Amen? Man, I want to unravel a mystery this morning. Can I do that? And here's what this mystery is going to do. First of all, it's going to show you how powerful the simple is. You know, power is not in the complicated. The more complicated you make something, the less power it has. The more simple something is, the more power it contains. I'll tell you what else this mystery is going to do. It's going to, it's going to show you just how you've been carrying the kingdom with you your whole life and you didn't know it. It's something God gave you that you, you carry with you 24 hours a day your entire life, and it represents the kingdom, and, ooh, you'll never look at it the same way again. You carry it with you. And the third thing this mystery is going to do, it's going to give you a greater focus. And if there was ever an hour, Miss Lisa, where we need more focus, it's now. we got so much going on in our life, don't we? Come on, just think about what's going on in your life right now. The circumstances, the storms, the, the issues with your family, your finances, your health, your job. Just sometimes it's not only, it's not your circumstances, it's your family's circumstances. All the things you're concerned with and all that stuff has the potential to distract you. Come on, the only reason people fail is broken focus. And then what about what's going on in the world right now? What about what's going on in politics? Do you know how much kingdom is not going to be built by believers in the next year because of the presidential election? 
there are going to be believers that are going to get so distracted by all the noise. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. Of course we should pray. Of course we should vote. Of course we should be informed. But we can't be distracted from what God's called us to do. And this church can't get distracted from what God's called it to do. we got to be more focused on the kingdom than ever before. we got to be like Nehemiah. Don't come down off the wall. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I ain't coming down off the wall. Come on, he had a tool in one hand, a sword in the other. He wasn't coming down off the wall because God sent him to Jerusalem to, what, build something. And God has sent you here to build something. Come on, turn to somebody else and say, I'm not coming down off the wall. Now, remember when I told you that fist bump? Come on, just fist bump the air a little bit. Come on, just that fist bump. Remember that high five? Come on, high five me. Oh, remember that handshake? Now, everybody look at your hand for a moment. How many fingers you got? You got five fingers. You got five fingers. You know, every once in a while in my life, it's only happened two or three times, the Lord will he'll give me an unction to take a look at a certain number. When I was a, a teenager, God began to deal with me about the number three. And one of the things he showed me, Patrick, was that everything God does, he does in threes. I mean, it's really amazing. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Come on. Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a whale. Jesus was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Come on, there was three crosses. There were three nails, three times written above him, you know, Jesus, King of the Jews. I mean, it, it, just, it, it just goes on and on and on. Come on, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of, holies, 30, 60, 100-fold. I mean, even the whole world is made up of atoms, which is protons, neutrons, and I could go on and on. I've collected a whole list of them over the years. It's really amazing. Everything God does, he does in. But the Lord began to deal with me about this number five. And so what I did is I, I just said, uh, I'm, I'm going to look through the Old Testament. and I'm going to look through the Gospels. And I wonder how many amazing, incredible, see, I know the amazing, incredible threes, but I, I, I said, I wonder how many amazing, incredible fives there are in the Gospels and, 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 and in the Old Testament. And you know how many I found? Five. Now, I'm not talking about somebody being 135 years old. I'm not talking about in the fifth year. I, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fives that are amazing. They're dynamic. They stand out. Can I give them to you real quick? Are y'all ready? Here's the first one. Uh, Abra, uh, um, um, uh, Genesis 22. Do y'all remember when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac? There are five amazing things in that story, five. Number one was Abraham believed in the supernatural birth of his son. How old was he when Isaac was born? Come on, 99 years old. He believed in the supernatural birth of his son. Number two, he believed in sacrificing his son. God told him to sacrifice Isaac, and he was going to do it, right? So he believed in that. He believed in the three-day death of his son. Because by the time Jesus told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, it was a three-day journey to where it was going to happen at. So for three days, Isaac was as good as... Number four, he believed in the resurrection of his son. So how do we know that? Because before they went up the mountain, he told the guys, he said, hey, me and this lad are going up the mountain, but we'll, we, 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 we'll return. Come on. What did, what did Abraham believe? I'm going to sacrifice him, but if I do, God will... 
And the last thing he believed, the fifth thing was that it would be seen on that mountain. Now listen, do all five of those things sound familiar? See, those are the five things Abraham believed that righteousness was imputed unto him. Those are also the five things you believe to be born again. Come on, you believed in the supernatural birth of Jesus. You believed in God sacrificing his son. You believed in a three-day death. You believed, you believed, come on, that he'd be resurrected, and you believed it'd be seen on that mountain. What does that mean? Well, you understand that the same place that Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac was the same place Jesus was crucified. Everything about that five speaks to relationship. Come on, put that thumb up. Relationship. Everything about, if it wasn't for that five, you wouldn't have a relationship with God. Come on, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the only way to the Father is through His. Everything about that five is your, do you want a greater relationship with God? Are you satisfied? Have you, have you, have you peaked? Come on, don't you want a greater relationship with Him? And let me show you what that looks like. Remember, everything God does, he does in threes. He's the Father, Son, and the... What that looks like is you get to know God as your Father, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit as your friend. Your relationship with God depends upon the revelation of those three things. I want a greater relationship with him. I want a greater relationship with him. The second one was, was the first Kings 17th chapter. Y'all know that story? Y'all know when David killed Goliath? He went to the river and he, how many stones did he pull out of the river? Five smooth stones. Is that just a random? No, 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 no. Nothing random in the Word of God. Everything about that five speaks to victory. Come on, that day David secured one of the greatest victories in Hebrew history. Victory over Goliath. But what does Goliath represent? Goliath represents fear, control, manipulation. Come on, sin. Come on, right? Pride, worry, depression, addiction. Come on, anything that's trying to hold you back from being who God's called you to be, doing what God's called you to do, anything that's trying to keep you down, control you, manipulate you, what is it? It's a Goliath in your life. And everything about that five is the word, come on, V. Come on, what's V stand for? Victory. How many of you like to see more victory in your life? How many of you before Christmas would like to see victory after victory after victory? Right? I want to see more victory. So the first five was what? Relationship with God. The second five was, come on, victory. Here's the third one. Let me give you this third one. Third one is First uh, Samuel 17, I'm sorry, was David and Goliath. First Kings 18 was, come on, Elijah called down fire, didn't he? Destroyed the prophets of Baal. It hadn't rained in decades. He goes to the sea, and he tells his servant, he says, go to the sea and check. Tell me what you see. Come on, go to the sea, tell me what you see. He comes back, nothing. Comes back, nothing. Comes back, nothing. Seven times. On the seventh time, he comes back, and what does that servant say? He said, I see a cloud in the size of a man's fist. Did he say fist? Did, 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 did he say, uh, did he say uh, triangle? Did he, did, did he say circle? No, he said in the size of a man's hand. Why did it look like a hand? Because it had five. Everything about that five 
Come on, is rain, outpouring, revival, any, everything about that fire is out. Are, do y'all want to see an outpouring in this country? Come on, do y'all want to see what just happened to Houston? Come on, with rain, happened with spiritual rain throughout our country. Y'all want to see it in Withville? Y'all want to see it at Legacy Church? Do you want to see it in the White House? We want to see the rain, don't we? Aren't we believing God for a visitation, for an awakening, for revival? Come on, that first five was relationship. The second five was victory. The third five was an outpouring. The fourth five is in John, the fifth chapter. We jump over to the Gospels. Come on, do y'all remember the story? Jesus comes into the pool of Bethesda. He Remember the, 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 the moving of the water? And he tells the man, would you be healed? He goes, I don't have a man. He said, Brother Philip, where's the five there? How many porches were there? There's five porches. Do you know for... You know, for decades and decades and decades, they used the pool of Bethesda to say the, the Word of God wasn't true because they, they never could find the pool of Bethesda. You know, in 1964, they found it. They found that pool of Bethesda. You know how many porches it had? It had five porches. Everything about that five is what? Healing. Divine health. Healing. Divine health. How are we going to be who God's called us to be and do what God's called us to do? How are we going to stay focused? Come on, if we're dealing with things in our body. You know God wants you healed more than you want to be healed, don't you? Come on, you know he wants you pain-free more than you want to be pain-free. Wouldn't you like to push a button and every dollar you've spent on doctors and hospitals and emergency rooms and medications, you could push a button and all that money would transfer over to world missions? How many of you would push that button if you could? How many of you would rather the church have it than the hospital? <laughs> Everything about that five is divine healing. God wants you to walk in divine health. One more. It's the next chapter. It's John 6. Little boy gave Jesus how many loaves? Five loaves, two fishes. Five loaves. And he fed thousands of people. Five loaves. Everything about that five is what? Provision. Come on, God wants you to have more so you can do more to build the kingdom. God wants Legacy Church not to operate from a place of weakness, but to operate from a place of strength. God wants His people blessed to be a blessing, not broke to be a burden. Come on. Every project that, that, that you want to do for Jesus, every project that God, that, that God wants this church to do, he wants you to have 10 times, 100 times the amount of provision to do it. So why? So when it, something needs to be done, you can quickly get it done. Everything about that five is provision. The problem is, is we don't think the way God thinks. Let me just tell you this story real quick. There's a pastor friend of mine, and he sat me down and asked me these three questions the way a pastor sat him down and asked these three questions. And these three questions he was asked when he was just a small pastor of a small church, but over the course of a few decades, he built a church that impacted the world, $22 million worth of facilities, all paid for. You want me to ask you the three questions he asked me that changed his whole life? Here was the three questions. He said, Philip, he said, when you think of water, what do you think of? We were at a restaurant, 
and we were we, we, and, I, and I picked up, you know, my water with lemon. I, you know, you think of water. And he said, well, when you think of wood, what do you think of? And he said, he said, well, you, I said, well, you know, I, I love a good fireplace. You know, we don't get to make them often in Houston. I know y'all do. But every, you know, we might get 10 of them a year. I said, I love a good fire, fireplace. He goes, that's good, that's good. He goes, when you, he said, when you think of, uh, when you think of rocks, what do you think of? And I, I said, well, you know, you, you think of rocks, you know, they got the, we, I think we were at a Chili's and I said, you have rocks outside. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, that's the difference between you and God. He said, when God thinks of water, he thinks of oceans. He said, when God thinks of wood, he doesn't think firewood. He thinks the redwood forests of California. He thinks of forests. He said, when you think of rocks, you you think of gravel. God thinks of mountains. Come on. Somebody say mountains. Forests, oceans. Hold that hand up again. Come on, relationship with God, victory, outpouring, divine healing, provision. There's the kingdom right there. Everything you've ever prayed in your life, every kingdom desire you've ever had in your life is right there on your hand. Anything this church has ever prayed, anything you've ever prayed, anything you've ever desired out of the Word of God fits into one of those categories right there. The kingdom's not far from you. Even Jesus said the kingdom of God is at. I know that Scripture is talking about something with time, but, you know, I think God has a sense of humor. He put the, he put the kingdom there in your hand. But how would you like to have more manifestation of that in your life? Come on, a greater relationship with God, more victory. Come on, you want to see a greater outpouring? You want to walk in divine health? Come on, you want to be blessed to be a blessing? How many of you would like to see more? How do we manifest more in our life? You know, if you Google five, you know what you'll find in the Word? What you'll find, it says five is the number of, does anybody know? Say it again. Five is the number of grace. Isn't that interesting? Come on, look at your hand again. You don't deserve any of that. Come on, is this stuff in our life because we deserve it? it? Is it in our life because of what we do? No, it's in our life because of what Jesus did. Come on, it's the amazing grace of Come on, it's by grace that we have a relationship with him. It's by grace that we experience victory. It's by grace that there's, we don't deserve it. This outpouring we want to see, it's not going to happen because we deserve it. It's going to happen because of the grace of God. Come on, you walking into, none of you in here deserve to be healed today. If, if the devil's whispering in your ear right now, everybody's going to get healed because of you, because you don't deserve it. You just look at the devil and say, you know what, you're absolutely right. I don't deserve it. It's God's amazing grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's by grace. How do we get this grace to manifest in our life? Remember, I want to go back to focus. What should we be focused on more than ever in the days ahead, no matter what's going on in our life and our world? Right there. Isn't that simple, Patrick? I want a greater relationship with God. I want to experience victory. And not just in my life, I want to see victory in your life. 
I don't want it just to flow to me. I want it to flow. I want to see an outpouring in our country. Come on, I want to walk in divine health, and I want to be a vessel of the divine healing power of God can flow. And I, I don't want to be blessed. I want to be blessed to be a... So when we come together in an intercessory prayer meeting, what should we be praying? If you pray those five things, you've prayed it all. How do we get this stuff to manifest? I'm unraveling it. Everybody say a mystery. Turn over to Mark 11. I'm going to show you something that's going to we'll put something on you. Ajax can't get off. Come on now. Put something on you you'll never forget. Turn over to Mark 11. How do we get this stuff to manifest in our life? Mark the 11th chapter. Jesus said, verse 22, he said, have faith in God. Now, I'm going to read verse 23, but I don't want you to read verse 23. I want you to look up here. I'm going to read verse 23. I want you to look up here and look at my hand. Verse 23. Oh, I miss Brother Hagin. Graduated Raymond, 1990. I miss that man. I had him every week for two years. I miss that man. I still close my eyes and see him twiddling his thumb, walking back and forth, turning your Bible to Mark 11, 23, and 24. Here we go. You ready? For verily I say unto you, here it is, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Did you ever notice there was a five in that scripture? I mean, we've read it a million times, but did you ever think to just count how many parts? How many, how many things are there? Five. You know how you you know how you bring about a greater measure of grace in your life? By faith. But why is there a five in that verse? It talks about mountains, right? Look up here. There's a mountain in between you and your relationship with God. There's a mountain in between you and the victory you want. There's a mountain in between you, this church, and the revival and the awakening and the visitation that you guys want to see in Withville and in this area. There's a mountain in between you and your healing. There's a mountain in between you and living a blessed to be a blessing life. What are you going to do about that mountain? Well, I'm going to pray about it. You're wasting your time. I'm going to talk to God about it. You're wasting your time. God's not in the mountain moving business. You know who he put in the mountain moving business? You. He said, whosoever shall speak unto the man, Jack Cole. He used to get to preaching, and he'd say, bless God. Quit talking to God about your mountain and talk to your mountain about your God. Then he'd start ripping people up out of wheelchairs. Huh? Who has the keys to the kingdom? You do. If you don't get to binding, nothing's going to get bound. If you don't get to loosing, nothing's going to get loosed. And if you don't get to doing something about that mountain, it's going to stay there till the day you die like a big, come on, like this big obstacle between you and your relationship with God, you and your victory, you and the outpouring you want to see in your family, you and your healing, and you in living a blessed to be a blessing life. There's a mountain there. What are you going to do about it? You got to speak to it. 
and I'll borrow this from Mark Hankins. The reason it takes words to move a mountain is because words are what created that. Patrick knows all about that. Brother Phil, the five there, that's just a coincidence. Really? It's a, no coincidences in the word. It's a mystery. Look at verse 24. Now, before I read 24, i got to tell you something about 24. Mark, Jesus spoke 24, but then he, he, he created an amendment in verse 25. What do you mean by that? Well, he wanted to add forgive to verse 24. Look at verse 25. And when you stay in pr praying, do what? Forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Now let's do this. Let's add forgive to verse 24. Now look up here at my hand again. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, forgive. Believe you shall receive them. You've been carrying the kingdom with you your whole life. You just you didn't know it. And simple. Simple. Desire, pray, forgive, believe you receive, and you shall have. It's right there. See, Pastor Brett, if we really believed that scripture, we'd be desiring more. Oceans, mountains, forest instead of gravel, firewood, and glasses of water with lemon. What do you want? What's your desire? And I hope your desire more than any other thing in your life is, go, you got it, don't you? Relationship, victory, outpouring, healing, provision. What are your desires? What do you want? If we really believe that scripture, wouldn't we be desiring more? If we really believe that scripture, wouldn't we be praying more? Come on, how, how often are we really getting in the presence of God and praying? And praying from a place to where we're praying, we're not begging. Come on. We're praying in a way that we already know the answer is yes. You know, when I, when I would go into my mom and dad's house, they're both in heaven today. I, I, I would walk in, and if there was something in the refrigerator, you know, I, I would say, hey, dad, you know, I'm going I'm to, I'm daddy always hit Oreo cookies. And so uh, I, I'd go through the kitchen looking for it, so I'd find his Oreo cookies. And I'd say, hey, daddy, uh, can I have some of your Oreo cookies? And his answer was irrelevant. <laughs> I was just asking to be nice because I already knew, come on, the will of my dad. He didn't mind me eating Oreo cookies and just, you know, buying more. Uh, are y'all with me? We'd be praying more, wouldn't we? Anybody in here praying enough? My hands aren't up. Are we, are we really desiring what God wants us to have? Is your desire maxed out? Mine's not. Are we praying like we should? I'm not. If we really believe that scripture, we'd be forgiving more. Can we talk about that just for a second? You know, unforgiveness is the monkey wrench that's messing everything up. This relationship with God, the victory, the outpouring, come on, you're healing. Do you know how often unforgiveness and bitterness is messing all that up? Do you know most of the time that's what the mountain is there? That's why the mountain is there? Come on, who do you have ought against? Who are you mad at? Who you got a grudge against? 
Who are you just hoping that one day you get to tell off? Come on, who do you sit around at the house and fantasize your day in court with them? Come on, you know what bitterness is, don't you? It's drinking poison, hoping they die. Come on now. We're at a place right now that if we even think there's a minute possibility that we possibly might have a little unforgiveness towards anybody, what should we do? I forgive them. Forgive them. So how do I do that? Start praying for them. You can't pray for somebody, be mad at them at the same time. You say, Father, I forgive them. Father, I ask you to forgive them. Father, I ask you to forgive me for holding something against someone when Jesus didn't hold it against me. Come on, right? Do you even think, Father, I really think I've forgiven them. But I tell you what, I'm just going to make sure. Everybody say monkey wrench. It's a monkey wrench. We've got to get it out of our church. Come on, close your eyes right Just, Just lift your hands right now. You know, one of the things that I've been praying is that grace was going to wash some things in this church and wash some things out of this church. Father, we just ask right now that the grace of God just washes out, washes out. Come on, pray this with me. Come on, desire this and pray this with me. Father, wash out of Legacy Church any unforgiveness, bitterness from this year, last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Father, wash it out in Jesus' mighty, wash it out. Wash. Come on, say this. Say, wash it out of me. The grace of God is washing it out of me, washing it out of you. Just wash it out. Now pray this with me. Father, wash in love. Father, we just pray right now the grace of God would just wash in the love of God. Wash in the love of God. Wash in the love of God. Come on, look up here. We'd be praying more. We'd be desiring more, praying more, forgiving more. We'd be believing we receive more. But it says believe you receive when you pray, not when you get it. That's our issue right there. We want to get happy when we get it. You don't get happy when you get it. You get happy when you pray. Anybody can believe they receive when they've received it, but can you believe you receive when you pray? Sometimes we all, not you, all, me, 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 all, sometimes we have more faith in the postal service than we do the Word of God. Because when someone calls us and says they're sending us something, they're sending us a package, they're sending us a letter, they're sending us a check, and they put it in the mail today, you don't wait till you get it to get happy. You get, you get happy and you start smiling as soon as they tell you that it's on the way. You don't have it yet, but you're happy. Why? Because you have faith in the postal service to get it to you. How much more faith should we have in? So, You know what praise music is? It's the expression of your faith. The reason we praise God is because we believe we've received and we're going to act like it. Send an email to your face. Come on. Desiring more, praying more, forgiving more, believe we receive more, and we'd have more. Come on, hold your kingdom up. 
Come on, so when we fist bump, what are we doing? Come on, man, we just kingdom pounding kingdom. Come on, man. When, come on, we high five, what are we doing? Let's just put the devil in between and just, come on. Come on, what are we doing when we're, when we're shaking somebody's hand? Man, come on, it, it's, 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 it's the kingdom coming together in a greater way. Because if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put. Stand to your feet. Don't check out, check in. Don't reach for nothing. The most important part of this service is in the next few moments. It's not. What was the cross? The cross was about those five things. Because of the cross, we have a relationship with the Father. Because of the cross, come on, victory. Because of the cross, a door was opened to the greatest outpouring, the former and latter rain the world's ever seen, the day of Pentecost. Come on, because of Calvary, by His stripes we are. Because of the cross, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're a peculiar people. We're an ambassador. Christ is in us. We're in Christ. Come on, we're blessed to be a... Calvary was all about that. But it goes beyond that. What, what do you think heaven is? You're going to spend eternity there. What do you think heaven is? The, it's the ultimate apex of relationship with God. It's the ultimate victory. Come on, you're going to be living and outpouring for eternity. You're going to walk in divine health all the days of your life. And there's not an ounce of lack there. In your hand, you carry the kingdom. In your hand, you carry the way to have the kingdom manifest in your life. In your hand, you carry Calvary. In your hand is a representation of heaven. You've had it with you your whole life. And just to tie a beautiful little bow on it, because I said the Old Testament, I said the Gospels, what about that amazing five in Ephesians 4? That God want us, wanted us to understand all this so much that he gave gifts unto man. He gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and to do what? Teach us about relationship and victory and outpouring and healing and provision. Teach us. Come on, that we can speak to the mountain. Teach us that we got to desire more, pray more, forgive more, believe we receive more so we can have more, so we can do more to build the... Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. What are you going to do with this mystery? What we talked about today, living with a greater manifestation of all of this grace, it's going to require more than Jesus Christ just being your Savior. 
I'm so glad you're saved. I'm so glad you know Jesus. I'm so glad that if you died, you'd go to heaven. I'm so glad you know that Jesus is your Savior. But it's going to require more than just knowing him as your Savior. you got to know Jesus as Lord of your life. Lordship requires a greater price. It's about being who he's called you to be, doing what he's called you to do. It's about Jesus, you lead, I'll follow. It's about Jesus, your boss and your master. So what I'm asking you this morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not asking you, are you saved? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. That's not the question. I want to ask you this morning, I've been real and raw with you. Will you be real and raw with me? Right now, are you living lordship? Is Come on, you may know him as your Savior, but do you know him as your Lord? Right now, do, do you need to rededicate your heart to the Lord? Do you need to make Jesus Lord of your life? Do you need to get your desires lined up with his desires? Here this morning, you say, oh, Brother Philip, you're talking to me. I need to make Jesus Lord of my life. I need to get some things right. I need to rededicate my heart to him. If that's you all over this building, just throw your hands up right now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hands going up everywhere. Come on, who else? There's more. I'm not going to embarrass you. Come on. Three more seconds. Come on, one. Come on. You need to make Jesus Lord of your life. Hands going up everywhere. Proud of you. You put your hands down. Come on, everybody, look up here. Eyes wide open. Come on. How many of you could be more focused? How many of you, it's a possibility but that because of the storms and circumstances of life and we, we may have been a little distracted this year. Anybody? I'm not saying you don't have a good reason to be. I'm just saying you can't afford to be. Some of you have been through things worse than others. Been a little distracted. Been a little distracted. Could we be more focused? Now let me put your hands down. I want to talk to Legacy Church. You know who you are. I'm talking to Legacy right now. There's so much God's called Legacy to do. Could Legacy Church be a little bit more focused? Focused on what? Bringing people into a greater relationship with Him. Being a place where people come and find victory. Being a place that's experiencing an outpouring. A place where people are healed. A place where people are blessed. Come on, could we be more focused? Come on, legacy. Could we be a little bit more focused? How many months we got left in the year? We got what? October, November, December. We got three months. How much y'all want to get accomplished in the next three months? You can do it, but it's going to require what? Focus. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.